Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome to Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, is Lucas Egan. Lucan, how has it been? Lucan. Lucas, how's it been, brother? Sorry, I just wanted to mash your two names together there. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing well. I, uh... Had a weekend full of trying to play Super Smash's Mewtwo, and that was about as productive as my weekend was. How are you doing, Ryan? (laughs) Number one, that sounds like an amazing weekend. Uh, I know that on Smash, dude, Mewtwo is uh, is pretty pretty beast. I haven't played that game in a grip, but uh, it is it is a ton of fun. Um, My weekend is good. I finally got my desk built that I have been working on, or I'm sorry, he's been sitting in a box for about six weeks now, right before this whole, you know, we're, we're into to five weeks into this lockdown and I finally got around to building it. So that was a beast. My body is sore, but the, the, <laughs> the, the new battle station is, is up. I've got, I've got my PC up. I just got to do some decorating and stuff like that, dude. So, uh, it was good. Other than that, I just, I just chilled. It rained. We had, uh, uh, for those that celebrate Easter, I hope you had a good Easter. Um, you know, we did the, uh, the Easter egg hunt and, and all that stuff. So it, it was a really good weekend. You know, I thought for sure you were about to say my body was ready and you were about to go full on Reggie right there. Nope. Nope, my body is, is is like a sack of potatoes, dude. Anytime I exert any kind of energy now, it's just like, oh, I'm gonna fall apart. I'm so like, I feel every bit of my age. <laughs> well, I know that we got a great show planned for you guys today. We're gonna talk a little bit about a certain remake that just came out, just a a tiny mm. title that you guys might have heard of. Uh, We're going to talk some Valorant rating, some Overwatch hero pools, but we're actually going to start with a little bit of a a pretty cool online tournament that's going on. And Allied Esports is uh, putting on a tournament they're calling the Clubhouse. Now, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's happening today. If you're listening to it after Wednesday, go back and watch it. Uh, They've got some Major League Baseball players competing with some Fortnite professionals in, uh, to raise some money for charity. And Ryan, not only does this seem like a fun event just to see kind of two worlds collide, it's becoming a theme that we're seeing in the esports world where you're seeing some of these traditional sport athletes taking part in esports with some of these professionals. Well, and and I think uh, uh, Chris Laporte, you know, he he, I felt like he was spot on as far as with this, and I've been seeing some of his tweets, some of the things he's been saying on socials, and he is really, you know, again pointing out, and, and we talked about this a little bit before we kind of got into this situation about people being innovative about about gaming having an opportunity uh, to really 
you know, jump even further into the spotlight. And we're seeing that now. You've got these athletes that should be in either starting to train or, you know, into the I know baseball season here would have started uh, here a couple of weeks ago. So these guys, these athletes, uh, men and women are are. You know, they, don't, they they can't do anything. So technically, you know, they're out of work as well. So I love that they're taking this time to to dive into this digital space, to be able to connect with people. And, and we're seeing cool tournaments like this. Uh, again, this is, uh, you know, Allied Esports. We know that we have the uh, uh, HyperX Arena uh, out here. So, I, you know, we talked, to the, we had the interviews uh, with the guys last week. I just love the fact that they are, are you know, this whole group is is pushing forward, creating events and things for people to be able to do stuff, to be able to interact with the community. They've got professional uh, esports athletes with professional athletes. Uh, this is this is a win-win. I, I, I can see, uh, you know, hopefully they get some decent uh, viewership, uh, people that are looking to connect with some of these uh, major league uh, athletes. It looks like a bunch of. Uh, I think it's a bunch of. It is. It is a bunch of baseball players because the the uh, uh, charity is a Jackie Robinson uh, charity. So this is going to be a fun one to watch. It's going to be uh, live, uh, as you said uh, today, uh, because we dropped today on Wednesday, three p.m. PST, Twitch TV slash Allied Esports. Yeah, you know, and, and as kind of a, an aside to that, we we saw some NBA players take part in a 2K tournament. And so what I'm kind of interested in is, is how this will continue and how much it will continue once things kind of get back to more normal circumstances. And, you know, the, the question that I've kind of been had in the back of my mind is once traditional sports kind of get back into the swing of things – where where do you see esports kind of slotting in once that happens when it's no longer the only game in town? Well, I think that number one, this whole thing, even when things go back to normal, I feel that it's never going to be the same normal that we knew once upon a time. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that you know. I'm, I'm hoping that it continues to find that momentum. I hope it continues to become, you know, because they've passed laws now to, uh, you know, so that you can bet on esports and, and and things of that nature. So it's helped to push and change that landscape, and that landscape will not change back. I don't think uh, once we go back to, and I'm doing air quotes, uh, normal. So you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I I I can see it continuing. Uh, to push forward with this momentum and people are now getting to see how much they can actually connect with uh, uh, with people socially using things like uh, Twitch and, and broadcasting, doing these tournaments. You have all these wacky people that you would never see in the same room and they're not in the same room, uh, but they're together <laughs> and they're interacting and people are able to watch and interact with them. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, can, I, I could consi- or continue to see it uh, being successful. Yeah, me too. And, you know, if what I hope also continues is this interaction, this intersection of worlds between traditional sports and esports. You know, I, I would love to see that continue to grow and evolve. And it just makes it more of a, a fan friendly event the more names you can get to things like that. So I'm hoping that is just the start of a new trend. And I think you, and I think it really is too, because I mean, you could even see within these esports uh, leagues, I mean, we know that it is not cheap to uh have a team in these esports league we're talking 25 mil 
um, you know what I mean, just to have a team within this stuff. And then you've got these professional sports managers and and owners and things like that that are investing in esports. I feel like that is going to be a continuing trend. Uh, but again, they're still trying to figure out what the heck to do with it. How do we, how do we, you know what I mean? Like, how do we translate those numbers that we get people going down to a stadium now into a virtual space? And I feel like it is, you know, they're, 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 they're doing a lot of, of cool things, um, and really making and drumming up these productions to be productions like you are actually at a stadium, uh, or something of that nature. So I, I I can only see that pushing forward and and actually becoming more and more normalized just because of the situation that we're in. Uh, you've got these eyeballs that that weren't looking at this stuff or didn't know about it six weeks ago, where they have you know they've had six weeks to acclimate and and watch things and understand how stuff uh, uh, works as far as in the digital space. And uh, you know, you see some people taking advantage of it, and you see others, uh, you know, just that weren't as prepared as some of these other places. So you know, again, they're trying to play catch up. Uh, whereas uh, you know, you you have a lot more going on, and you have a lot more eyeballs uh, that are actually uh, watching watching these events and watching this stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is a, a moment that esports. Is, is definitely taking advantage of so far. I'm excited to see how it, it evolves from there. And speaking of potential esports stuff, uh, the Lawrence had some pretty strong viewership numbers. But Ryan, I know that, that you don't quite buy into the narrative just fully. Yeah, we, and we talked about this on the CFG Gamecast uh, here this weekend. Um, obviously, they, they set a record uh, with this game. It had, let me just double check real quick. It was a record-breaking day uh, on Twitch with, uh, what was it, 1.7 million concurrent viewers. A total watch hours in a single day, 34 million hours watched. That is number one. Let's just, I, I got to give props to that because that is, I mean, those numbers are astronomical. Uh, I don't know how many TV shows or anything like that, that you've got those kinds of numbers and that amount of viewers, uh, you know, concurrently uh, watching this. But there is a little bit of a uh, asterisk, in my opinion. Uh, now, I don't know if you're familiar with it, uh, but with Valorant, the only way to get a beta key is to watch certain streamers. You have to have your Riot account connected to your Twitch account, and then they have to have uh, drops enabled. Uh, there's a couple of uh, shicey things, I feel, as far as with that. Obviously, in a situation like that, you're going to have people trying to game the system. How do you game the system? Mm-hmm. You you basically are, are botting now. People aren't actually actively watching. I've been in these streams because I'm one of them people. <laughs> I'm just leaving streams up of streamers I don't even watch on the regular just because I was like, well, eventually, hopefully, it'll drop for me. It dropped for me this morning, by the way, before the, pad co- uh, the podcast started, before we started. So I haven't even had a chance to go in and play it yet, but it's waiting. I'm ready. Um, so, so that's asterisk. That's asterisk number one. You have uh, Twitch viewers now basically creating multiple accounts, and they're just sitting on these streams. So, even though the numbers are high, I don't know 
how true that is as far as active people watching, maybe interacting. And again, it, it, these are big streams, uh, mm-hmm. so it's difficult to interact, at least for me, in streams like that anyway, just because you kind of get lost in the crowd. The chat moves real fast. They've all been in subscriber mode. I literally subscribed just because I was like, well, maybe that'll that'll sweeten my eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's how th- – but, you know, you're kind of like – you, you feel like that because they're, they're in subscriber-only mode. You can't even chat. So it's like, well, maybe you have to chat in there for it to register or something. You don't have to do that, by the way. I'm just a skeptical <laughs> fool. I am just a skeptical fool. Um, so, that's, <laughs> so that's kind of the first part of it. It's like, eh, you know, I don't know. You got a lot of people. Then there's, here's other things. So you have other streamers, and and I don't mean to, to call anybody out. I mean, I do. But so, <laughs> so, so you know Dr. Disrespect, right? Uh huh. So he put in his title, even though he does not have drops, drops available. So he's kind of there's there's a lot of there's some some shade thrown around uh, on social media because that is kind of like people are going in saying, you know, oh, you know, I'll, I'll go in here because they have drops available. I have a chance to get a beta key and I get to watch the streamer or whatever. Um, but that's not the case. He doesn't have drops in. I'm sure he had the opportunity to get in early on, uh, with this and must've passed it up. So he does not have that, uh, ability like some of these other streamers do. Uh, however, something I thought was kind of dirty was that, um, I mean, again, you got right. And, and Riot says that they are not paying any streamers to promote this game, uh, mm-hmm. which I kind of have a problem with that. Uh, just because it's like, look, man, they've got a ton of money. You're telling me right. that they're not paying these people to stream this game hours on end, letting these drops come, and and you're not giving them any kind of compensation for promoting your your game and whatnot and breaking Twitch numbers. Uh, so from that and a developer standpoint, I felt like that kind of I'm like, ah, it, it's weird. This is a weird game. I mean, again, I've I've been watching it all weekend and stuff. And I'm just, I mean, again, I think this is very much, if you like games like CSGO, uh, Rainbow mm-hmm. Siege 6, the slower kind of FPS games, um, I think this is right up your alley. For me, I'm still not convinced. That sounds like I got to get my hands on this game. I've got to play this game because I don't really see the big hype. I feel like the, <laughs> and again, they, and they, they intentionally, the graphics aren't the greatest, and that is more so so that, you know, it can run on whatever, you know, it's going to be an FPS, uh, 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 um, I'm sorry, an FPS, a uh, free-to-play game. Uh, mm-hmm. So they want to get this and be able to have this in, men- in as many people's hands uh, as possible. Again, they're going to follow that same formula uh, that they did with uh, with League of Legends, uh, essentially. And I'm sure there's going to be drop or not drops, but um, uh, in-game, in-game purchase things and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. It's free to play. This is going to be big. Everybody, everybody wants it because everybody's, uh, at least these big streamers are streaming it, but you are seeing too on social media, uh, some people, uh, with, with differing opinions about the game and, and are kind of mirroring what I'm saying, even after playing it, that it's kind of just like, meh, it's okay. Right. You know, it, it, it's cool, but there's a lot of hype. And, and I got to give it up to Riot's uh, uh, marketing team and how they went about launching this uh, because it is on everybody's lips and everybody uh, definitely wants a piece of the action. Yeah, and, you know, well, let, let me start by also giving 
right props here. That 1.7 concurrent viewers was second to only the 2019 uh, League of Legends World Championship. So right. obviously, a ton of people. Good job. I mean, the, the hype beyond this is is unreal to me. <laughs> it is like like for me, kind of like like the hype kind of snuck up on me. Like I don't, I didn't quite get why it's gone to the level it's gotten to, and I don't know that I still do, but. Yeah, good. Kudos to Riot for getting them to that. Uh, you know, it will be interesting to see their their viewer stats this coming week uh, to see how much if it if it does drop and if it does drop by how much. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that might be a little more telling to see kind of what people are thinking and, and some opinions that are being formed. Uh, so so that'll be I'm curious about. And yeah, you know, this game obviously is going to be successful. It's a Riot game. I mean, obviously, anything they put out right now is going to at least initially be super, super successful. It will be interesting to see the the legs on this one, to see if, if it's... I mean, do they have another league on their hands, or will this kind of tail off? So I'm, I'm interested to see kind of the, the long-term viability of this. I think I think it's there. I mean, again, you got... This is... Because you got... This game was built for... Uh, for uh, esports, essentially, it is. It's literally a mashup of two esports: CS:GO and and uh, and Overwatch. You know, so it's like I, I think they built this with that intent. They are making it free to play, which is smart of them. That means any and everybody can get their hands on it. And then I, I'm sure. Could I think what happened is that maybe they worked out a deal with Twitch. And and they said, hey, we will exclusively give out keys if people people have to watch certain streams, which is obviously going to boost up your numbers. I can't imagine somebody didn't get paid, you know, within <laughs> with, you know, within that. So it just didn't kind of trickle down to the actual content creators, which to me is a little disappointing. Obviously, they're going to get a boost in subs. They're going to get a boost in in other areas. But. I mean, again, that that to me is 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 still marketing and stuff like that, and I feel like they should have gotten some had some sort of deal worked out uh, uh, with them. But it is, I mean, and it's just a little unfortunate because if you're a streamer, I mean, what choice do you have, right? You're not going to say no to a game like this. But you and are. So that's what Doc did. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I yeah. just I I would say the vast majority of streamers would be like, all right, well, I, I guess I'm saying yes. Right. <laughs> and so right. so I feel like for a lot of people, they're like, well, I guess I don't really have any leverage to be like to push back, and and so that's the unfortunate part, I guess, in all this is like, yeah, I mean, riot. <sighs> It would have been nice for for them to throw them a little something, anything, right? <laughs> and and it's it's always hard to feel sympathy for these these giant companies. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, what, oh, trying to save some some uh, profit margins there, or or what, dude? Because like, I mean, but you're right, dude. They kind of you kind of have to, otherwise you're just gonna get left behind because there's gonna be a bunch of other people that do take that off, or they will reap those benefits. Uh, even though it's, it's like, it's, I mean, to me, it's almost like somebody going, Hey, you'll get all kinds of, I'll pay you with exposure. They're like, look, dude, I got enough exposure as it is. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like you should be paying me because of the exposure that I'm bringing, uh, to this game. The other thing too, if you remember league was in, in beta for what, five, six years. 
before right. it officially launched. So yep. it'll, it'll be interesting to see how long this stay. I mean, that's kind of like Fortnite too, though. I don't even know that Fortnite is officially out. Out. I think is that still an early access game? Or <laughs> I have I no idea know, these days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know. So it's like some of these companies. You'll see them. They'll be in beta for five years. You know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, now we're officially launching. It's like, man, that is the longest beta test ever. <laughs> I do. I do love when some games do that because I'm like, wait, hasn't this game been around for years now? <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. It's well, wonder- like, What was that one space game? Uh, I totally have it and I cannot think of what it is. Uh, dude, that thing's been in development for like eight years, but I think it was <laughs> more of a Kickstarter type of deal uh i'm gonna have to go and and look i have the game i'm terrible and it's a gorgeous game but yeah that thing is like i was like i don't know that this game's ever actually gonna release uh at, at what point do you think your uh, company's just like nope we're finally done with beta <laughs> we're actually gonna release yeah i don't know i don't even know how that works or, or what that conversation would even look like just like all right guys we we, we did it uh sir excuse me let me clean the, the cobwebs from my beard and this and that. We're, we're done. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> we are out of beta now. We are officially launching. That's crazy, man. Right? <laughs> that is, yeah. Uh, that, that's funny. It, it will be interesting. Hopefully it's not in, in beta super long. <laughs> well, it's supposed to release, again, the official release is supposed to be this summer. Uh, so, you know, so this thing is is, or should be, fairly close to a polished product i imagine that they you know they'll probably do some tweaks here or there but my understanding is that it it i guess it it's supposed to release this summer but mm, you never know yeah never know hey you know in in this year where where everything seems to get delayed i'm i'm just until it comes out i will not be completely sure it's going to come out when it's supposed to exactly no you're 100 percent correct on that dude also uh speaking of things dropping we just got for for our overwatch fans hero 32 echo is officially out today don't forget to update your app uh, just fire it on. Even if you don't get a chance to play, just get that update in. Uh, but she is out. I still haven't had the opportunity to play with her. Uh, but I'll definitely be, be getting it in, uh, at some point in time tonight just to try her out and, and play, see the updates. I haven't, I haven't picked up that game in a grip, uh, just cause I've been playing some other stuff, uh, obviously. Uh, and we'll talk about it here later. Final fantasy. I can't wait to, I got a spoiler free, Here's my thoughts so far on it, uh, but I'm having a blast playing that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Valorant has come out, so everybody's been talking about this game. Uh, but Overwatch, obviously, you know, one of my faves. Uh, we have that. We have Hero 32, and I've never really understood why they drop new characters in the middle of a competitive season. I think it is one of the dumbest things. Like, it, <laughs> like you completely are changing up the game by introducing this new hero at the end or midway through a season. It makes no sense. 
What are you doing? What are you doing, it, Blizzard? It, it doesn't. It doesn't. And you'd, you'd think that dropping a new character right before a new competitive season starts would help build a little bit of hype, uh, right. hype and interest again. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, not only that, but then it gives people a good chance to be able to... Well, now, she won't be able to be... She will, actually won't be live in competitive until, I believe, it's a week after the release. It's either a week or two. I can't remember exactly. Uh, before she'll actually be introduced into it. But it's still in the middle of a season, which is funky um, to, to do that, I feel. I guess there's no... I mean, like, there's seasons... Like before, there was like a good week period before a new season would start. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I think it's like a day, or it's like the next day or two uh, that the next season starts. So there's not really, I guess, a good window to be able to drop in a new character. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, if if there's that week delay before they become legal, I guess maybe near the end might make sense because then you couldn't use them anyway in the current season. Right. I gotta look and see how many days are uh, are left in this season, and then I'll come back and I'll 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 give an update. It's just weird because yeah, I mean obviously the Blizzard's done a ton right with Overwatch. It's just it's the the release timing is is a is a weird thing for that they're doing. <laughs> it's always throwing me off. And again, this is a very much live updated game. So I remember, and I've been playing from the jump off when it came out. You know, uh, and and there was the. Uh, um, there was uh, the competitive stuff and, and oh my goodness, what am I? Oh, yeah, there was competitive and there was, you know, like I was saying, there was that week where they would drop them towards the end and then there was like a good two-week period before you could actually use the character. But then you also had that week off from competitive. So you really got a good two-week period to play a character, get to know them, get a good feel for them. And then, you know, next competitive season starts you're able to actually use them. You figure out different metas or or whatever. Something that would mm-hmm. throw a wrench in that anyway would be hero pools, and they made a change. Uh, Papa Jeff, uh, you know, they announced they are going to because they felt like it was a little confusing because the Overwatch League had a different hero pool than competitive. Uh, you know, just normal uh, uh, normal competitive play. So they wanted to make it a little easier to understand. So they, they're, uh, as of right now anyway, it's a hard one tank, two DPS, one support uh, will be out. I be I believe it's on a, a weekly basis. It is going to go based off of the people that, are, that can be chosen are based off of play rates. Um, so if, if a character is played a lot more, they will be entered more times into the lottery to see who will be uh, banned in the next uh, in the next round, um, but right. the 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 big change is the fact that they're made both Overwatch League and competitive now uh, have the same uh, hero pools. So if they're right. if, yeah, so you know less confusing the the people, and I think this week it's brawl brawl and stun people. So uh, you've got uh, um, uh, Bridget. For uh, heels, I know, uh, I think, um, oh my goodness, hamster. The hamster, I can't remember his name. <laughs> the hamster, I don't. I, I never use them. I'm terrible with <laughs> And I don't even remember who the DPS. I can't, uh, I should have, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I, I, I meant to look this up beforehand and I had it and then I forgot to pull it up. Uh, I'll find it here in a second when, when Lucas starts talking. You know, I'm, I'm. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of fine with the unified pools. Um, 
I, I think, you know, as a rule of thumb, simpler is probably better anyway to just make it a little simpler so, so everyone knows um, and is kind of on the same page. And, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I haven't played a ton of Overwatch lately, but it seems like it's fun. Like, I, I feel like it's having the desired effect of, of varying up play. Um, obviously I'm not, I'm not anywhere near a competitive player, but I like to play for fun. I like to jump on with some friends or my brother every once in a while. And so like, I, I've been enjoying it so far. Um, yeah, Ryan, I don't know how much you've, you've been playing the last couple weeks. Um, but have you enjoyed kind of, do you think it's having the, the intended effect here? I think it will, and I, I think it I think it does. It, I mean, again, it makes you have to, especially these people that one-trick. Number one, it really hurts one-trick people because if yeah. your hero's banned, you're basically not playing playing for a week because <laughs> you're not good with anybody else. Um, right. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think it has that effect. I like the fact that it does move around because it makes you change up some of these compositions that maybe you wouldn't have done before. Or maybe this certain meta is is super powerful and everybody is running this. Now you can't because they they've eliminated the heroes that that allow you to be able to do this. And and going back, the the hero pools for this week it was uh, it's McCree and Widowmaker for DPS, Reinhardt not Hamster uh, for tank, and Brigitte for uh, support. So. As far as me, that does not affect me one bit. I don't use, I don't play <laughs> Reinhardt. I don't use Brigitte hardly ever. Uh, however, having her out now allows like a Tracer, these flank characters, it's going to be a lot easier for them to be able to do, do those flank moves because she is a counter for, for these flank characters. Uh, so you see it, it starts switching up. You know, like, oh, this person's out, but now this is going to make this person a lot more effective because they don't have to worry about getting stunned by Brigitte or McCree or something like that. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? No problem, because Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Yeah, and you know, I, like I said, I find it fun because yeah, it does force you. And it, it's definitely made me just, just be more proactive of trying out a bunch of other characters that I had either not played or barely played. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to kind of expand what I am okay with. <laughs> right. So that so that way when my favorite characters or my best characters are banned, I actually have some other go-to options. And it, it does. It makes it a little more varied. Um, it makes it makes you know, when you play with friends, sometimes 
we run the same things over and over again. It's forcing us to try different things, weird things, and it just it's making it we're having more fun. I think it renewed our interest a little bit more. I I agree with you one hundred percent. And like see, like for me though, um I'm I, I love my favorite mode is Mystery Heroes, strictly because it'll force me to play other characters that I may not typically play. Um, but then I get to learn some of these other characters. I get to see, oh, I'm not that bad with this character. Maybe I'll try them in competitive or, you know what I mean? Cause again, I'm not a big DPS person, but like, you know, there's some DPS I forget that is like, oh yeah, I, I've done decent. I can play decently with this character. So if I do want to do DPS, I have a couple characters, uh, in each, each position basically, uh, that I can play, but I'm excited to try out Echo too, dude. Like, she looks awesome. I know they did some nerfs since she originally hit the PTR, uh, but she's, uh, you know, again, they did the old uh, uh, gotcha uh, when <laughs> we thought that she was going to be a healer and she ended up being a DPS, uh, yep. you know, so it's like, okay, go ahead and keep stacking that up. But, um, yeah, you know, something I would like to see from them, I would like to see some heroes introduced a little more frequently than what yes. they have. You know what I mean? There's a lot to this lore. There's a lot of characters that we know, um, you know, we haven't even thought about yet as far as with uh, Overwatch and then the villains or the bad guys, the opposing uh, the opposing forces. Uh, so yeah. I'd like to see them drop a little more. I completely agree with you there. Now, I know that a lot of work has to go into it to try and balance it and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know... I understand the difficulty there, but it just seems like these character drops, while they are fun when they come, happen a, just a little bit too infrequently for my liking as well. Uh, you look at some other games where they drop new characters. It seems like like double, triple the amount of time that mm -hmm. Overwatch does. So it would just be nice to get a little more frequent to keep up... Um, the freshness keep up some new strategies and just just keep up the interest overall yeah no you're you're 100 correct with that uh too so i, I think everybody kind of feels that way to some degree they want more uh but you know again they have a plan they they don't you know again they're they're split between games too so maybe they don't have the resources to be able to pump out characters uh as quickly as as some of us would like uh again mm -hmm. i would yeah you know, i'm i'm very much in the in the boat of um if if uh you know i don't know what's going on behind the scenes so right. i don't want to be that guy that's just complaining about something i have no idea what i'm <laughs> talking about because you know who knows what's going on you know in the background um but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad. I, I can't wait to, to try her out and and play her. I'll probably get some in today. I I need to get some competitive in anyway. Um, but I've been I've been super heavy on Last Oasis and then uh, Final Fantasy the last uh, couple of weeks, couple of days here. So yeah, we'll see how. So it man, goes. it sounds like you've got a busy rest of your week. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're gonna get some gaming in. That is, that is for <laughs> sure. Well, it's nice too. I, I took a break from streaming last week, so I didn't stream at all last week, other than the uh, podcast on uh, on Saturday. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was nice to kind of you know rebalance. I'm working on some production things on the back end, and I'm hoping I'm gonna say it officially on here. I'm hoping we may possibly be able to next week live stream the recording of Land Parties. 
So we'll keep your fingers crossed as far as with that. I'm working on some back end stuff, uh, making sure that we uh, get all the uh, get all the approvals and whatnot that we need. But that is uh, that may be a possibility next week here. Yeah, well, man, so excited for that, and you can you can see us and and probably all my glorious mistakes. But <laughs> hey, we're gonna give it a go. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. So uh, I know that, and and here, I'm gonna preface. I'm gonna preface the interview with I am an absolute scumbag. <laughs> These days are all melting in. Lucas set up the uh, set up the interview with Milo over at Eight Bit. And I completely spaced it. I, I, I missed this text saying, hey, man, you're going to be here for the interview. I, and I spoke to Milo. So, Milo, my apologies. I'm sorry I missed the interview. Uh, but I know it was good when I got to listen to it. Uh, I got to listen back to it. And it was fantastic. Uh, Lucas, give, give us a little detail here. Yeah. So, Milo is one of the co-founders of 8-Bit Esports. And... Um, it's an organization, obviously, that that uh, fields a couple of esports teams, and he also is running, helping to run UNLV's esports programs. And so, uh, it you know, he's a super cool guy. The story about how these guys kind of formed is is pretty amazing, and you know, he's helping to bring UNLV into the esports world and, and they have found a lot of success here. I mean, they've had some conference championships in the past and, and so he's kind of led them into the future. And before we get into this interview, Ryan, I was a good co-host. I told him you had a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just busted myself. I just busted myself. Well, thank but you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but Here's Milo. We we chatted uh, about obviously eight bit and his plans at U and all So enjoy. <laughs> Milo, how you doing today? I am doing as well as I can given the circumstances of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a, a unique time we're all living in right now. You know. Milo, take me through your your history for people who might not be familiar with your story here. Talk to me a little bit about how you started 8-Bit. Okay, so my esports journey, my professional esports journey, started back in middle school, so around 2006, where my brother and I co-founded this video game club in our middle school. And we called it the Cyber Sports Club because esports wasn't a term yet. And basically, for those three years, sixth grade to ninth grade, we'd run after-school tournaments once a week. We'd get like a bunch of kids to play in this video game tournament. We'd make a few dollars, and we learned a lot about tournament organization. When we entered high school, um, we went to a math and science academy, and they told us straight up, video games do not fit in our curriculum or after-school programs, so we couldn't start a video game club. So I used that time to really just hone my skills on the up-and-coming eSport, which is now the biggest eSport in the world, League of Legends. And I had this like huge dream of becoming pro. And uh, I was bronze. So that dream died so fast. It was, <laughs> it was soul-crushing. But that's okay, because um, around senior year of high school, I was really good at Call of Duty Black Ops. And I was actually invited to play in mlg and when i got that email i, I just kind of laughed and i said 
esports that that's not a real thing <laughs> so i i deleted that email and um yeah a year later my brother and i founded 8-bit esports at unlv and um that's because riot released this or announced their collegiate initiative saying that they wanted to better support the community so the best way they thought was to just sponsor video game or collegiate video game clubs and my brother and i looked at each other and we said you know we have experience we can run this so we applied we became one of the first 20 schools to get accepted into this collegiate program by riot and yeah since then 8-bit's just been this massive, amazing community and organization that I'm so happy to to run. And you know, not only has it become massive in numbers, you guys have had a lot of success, uh, conference championships to boot. When you know, when when you had the vision for this, did you have a timeline on and markers that you were trying to meet? And you know, what do you think about the growth that you've seen through the years? We never had a metric. And we never had, I guess, a timeline because we started this with four officers. So four founding members, which was me, my brother, my brother's girlfriend, my brother's girlfriend's best friend. And we initially founded it just like in middle school. We thought we could turn a profit. But when we realized that esports was a lot bigger than us, and this was a quick realization, we quickly shifted from let's try to make money to let's try to make lifelong friends. And my whole, it was a lot of work and it required a lot of self-discipline and a lot of self-motivation. And the honest to God reason why I even put this much work and why I'm still putting this much work is because I always wanted to make sure that gamers never felt out of place when they're at 8-bit. Uh, because I felt super out of place, like in high school, and I'm actually one of the most extroverted people I'll ever meet right now. But um, in high school, I wasn't. I was introverted, and I felt out of place. So I wanted to really just build a place where people could come, enjoy games. Never like if you're an outcast, if you feel alone. Like we we've said it. My brother and I have said it in many videos. We've said it in many interviews, and we still say it today. Like come to Eight Bit, you will make all the friends you could ever want. So by just following that guiding principle or that guiding light, we just kept growing because we kept wanting to make friends. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and I, we have talked before and, you know, making this organization open is a big hurdle for any organization, right? That intimidation factor that a new member might feel. Do you sense that, I guess how how easy was it for you guys to kind of overcome that 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 when a new member walks in and meets you guys for the first time that they walk away feeling excited about becoming a part of the organi- organization as opposed to some other times and I remember growing up being a little intimidated the first day I showed up to a club for instance it was it was actually really really easy because um my way of recruitment our way of recruiting um was word of mouth so friends invite friends invite friends invite friends so we really just had to focus on providing a good experience. But the way the word of mouth spread was, again, me being extroverted. Mm -hmm. I would meet people at esports events. So let's say a Smash tournament or some land center that I was playing in that day. 
And if I, or, you know, just the library at UNLV, if I saw people playing games, I'd go up and talk to them and I'd be like, hey, do you want to hang out on Friday? And of course, they will be like, what? And I'll go, <laughs> I, we run a Riot-sponsored esports club and we give away Riot-sponsored prizing. Would you, would you want to show up? And he goes, uh, the, the most common, like, um, I guess, hesitation that I'd get would be, oh, I'm not good at games or I, I, I don't want to play in a public setting. It's embarrassing. That's when I would say, it's okay. I'm the vice president. I'm the co-founder. I'm bronze. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they just start laughing because there's some, like, either it'd be, okay, I'm not going to be the worst person in the room on Friday. Okay, um, if he is bronze then and he's, like, accepted and he loves this club, then obviously there's something there worth checking out. Or I want to get... Or, I want to get Riot sponsored, like, prizing. Let's go. So, like, by removing all the obstacles and by removing all the excuses, we found a lot of success just getting people through the door. You know, do you have a result that that you guys have been able to do this year that you're most proud of? I know that you guys have had a lot that you guys have been able to do and accomplish. Do you have a few that, that you look back on and, and that you're, you're really proud of, of what they were able to do? Like throughout history or just this year? Uh, just just this year. Let's go start with this year. Okay. This year, Mountain West champions. Mm-hmm. So three years ago, the Mountain West um, conference said, let's tack on esports on top of the basketball finals. Mm-hmm. So we said, sure. And we, we fought against Boise all three years. And we won all three years. <laughs> so we're back to back to back um, Mountain West conference champions for at least overwatch for for league of legends we we were uh first place year one we were third place year two and we were i think third place this year again but that's okay we're still champions we still have three trophies (laughs) (laughs) you know that level of success does that does that put some extra pressure on on the players do you think do do they take this do do they uh, especially now for the Overwatch team, you know, going back, back to back to back. Is this, is this, you know, them throwing down the gauntlet and go, hey, you know, the expectation now is championship? No. They, again, so this this is a good, uh, it's a good story. I remember my League of Legends coach a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, before Mountain West. So let's say four years ago. He came up to me and, and like, we, we were butting heads a lot. And when I asked, why isn't the league, why isn't our league team performing? He said, we just don't have the talent. And I called him out and like I said, I don't care. Like, stop looking for talent. Start looking for people that want to learn. Mm-hmm. Because if you foster an environment, just like just like the club itself, the community, if you foster an environment that encourages growth, an, an environment that encourages critical feedback and you know, community and friendship, you're going to get a group of people that love playing with each other and will just naturally get better mm-hmm. given the resources we provide. I told him I would rather have five silver or bronze players willing to give their all every day to practice and improve and be coachable than five challenger, like five toxic challenger people because 
those guys will just be butting heads and you'll never be productive. So I gave him that advice. He took it. Mm-hmm. Mountain West champions the, the, the next year. So <laughs> the, the pressure isn't on because we all, at least they all love playing with each other. They will, right. their practice, what their dedicated practice mm-hmm. is just another hangout for them. You know, when, when you're seeing that, is it easy for you guys to spot players that work well with each other? No, it's all trial and it's all trial by fire. <laughs> um, we were lucky and, or at least the way I saw it, I don't know if it's the right way to do it. I just know that this is the way that we've been doing it and it's working. Um, we got lucky and we found five players for league and six players for Overwatch that enjoy playing with each other and uh-huh. have good synergy. Whenever someone wants to challenge like an out, like a, a new player wants to challenge a, a spot and try out, we rotate him in or her mm-hmm. and we see how well they synergize with the team, how well they can take the calls, how well they can take losses, wins. Basically everything is under critical review mm-hmm. and if the team enjoys playing with this person they get an offer to, to play with us to play for us so yeah it, it but you know the only reason why it works is because we had a very solid baseline <laughs> of, just, <laughs> of people that already enjoyed playing with each other <laughs> well you know it's always good to have that base definitely yeah were, were those players players that had known each other before or were, were that solid base was that all they all came together and it just just kind of worked out it all came together okay yeah it's, it's nice when it works out like that right <laughs> yeah you know uh, you know a lot of this is definitely hard work or a lot of uh-huh. 8-bit successes is definitely like tons and tons of hard work long nights like tears um, heartache, all that stuff, but a lot of it is luck too. And you know, the the best saying that I have for that is, it seems like the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of my own like core principle there. Nice. What are your guys' numbers like right now? What what kind of uh, participation do you guys have? Uh, right now with the pandemic <laughs> we're we're at a nice solid 30 <laughs> yeah but um before the pandemic we were running like 100 plus people weekly events mm-hmm. and we're getting sponsors on top of sponsors on top of sponsors so we were we were really thriving you know if i can touch a little bit about the pandemic i know this is uncharted times for everybody here how much in, in communication are you with with the rest of the people and and I mean how how are you guys dealing it with it, with this as as a group? Are you guys supporting each other, talking to each other a lot? Honestly, nothing changed. Okay. Um, in in regards to uh, leadership, uh-huh. we have online meetings like we've always did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the content in which we speak that's different. So leadership is still. You know, they're all still doing their jobs, but instead of running live events and focusing on experience, we're now focused on content generation and an online presence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's also hard to get sponsors because everyone's on emergency funds. And of course, there's a lot of layoffs and furloughs. And yeah, really, really weird time. <laughs> like, esports is at its peak, viewership. Right. And a lot of people are ready to 
be open-minded about esports but it's just so much harder to run these like esports related things right of course yeah you know and we've had conversations in the past and you know it it does seem interesting right now obviously is is a moment for esports to get in the public's eye uh for obvious reasons what do you think people are taking away maybe people that are maybe trying to get into esports viewing for the first time here seriously and where does it go like what what needs to happen in the immediate aftermath after we start to get out of this pandemic that can sustain this momentum so i heard yesterday that riot um the lcs championship so the league of legends championship mm-hmm. it's going to be broadcasted on espn Mm-hmm. And that's great. I trust Riot's production quality. I very, I, I like highly trust Riot in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. But League of Legends is not the most intuitive game to watch. Right. And what needs to happen right now is we need to make a good first impression to the general masses because those people that have seen esports on ESPN, there's of course the whole. Why am I watching this? <laughs> this I'm supposed to be watching basketball. I'm supposed to be watching traditional sports, blah, blah, blah. So what esports needs to do, in my opinion, when we transition out of the pandemic phase and back into normal life, which is going to be slow, not just like a sudden like on and off switch. Right. Um, we need to take that great first impression that we had. We need to build narratives around it so we start caring for these players because the origin of some of the best esports players in the world are very similar to the origins of some of the best athletes in the world. Like being bullied in high school, being bullied in school in general, not wanting to go to class, just wanting to hone your skills, not being good at school, all that stuff. That's all the same. That I feel like that's all the same for anyone with a skill that requires a sheer amount of focus and discipline. Mm-hmm. So as long as, uh, as long as we give a reason for people to keep caring while we're in the spotlight, when we transition out, people will continue to care. I like that. That makes, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. You know, and it, it's funny cause I look, I've looked at something like what NASCAR is doing, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got participation from some of their bigger stars which obviously helps. Um, they had their product in place with iRacing already. The groundwork was kind of laid. But I do kind of wonder if once once life starts to return to normal, there's going to be more competition, obviously, viewing-wise. There's going to be more things getting back to normal that's going to be start to broadcast. So esports is having a moment right now because partly because of, of a lack of other things out there that for people to consume. What what does esports need to do to kind of hold their spot once the, that competition kind of starts to come back? Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people don't know this, but there is a lot of crossover between traditional sports enthusiasts and esports enthusiasts mm-hmm. in terms of people that watch football have a high rate of also watching esports and vice versa. Mm-hmm. As long as competition is natural, especially when something is new, everyone tries to flood the market. Right. But the 
best people and the most consistent people with the strongest fan base that's being built right now throughout the pandemic will retain that as long as their quality doesn't suffer. And everything like everything gets saturated, then everything kind of just balances out because people that are in it for the wrong reasons or people that are in it that cannot execute on a consistent basis will lose their resources and lose their reputation. So it's, it's kind of just a waiting game. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think, and I've always had this, this notion, like as like in all my years of esports. Esports doesn't need to be anything more than just esports. We don't we never needed to broadcast on ESPN. It's nice. And it gives us a spotlight, which is great. Uh-huh. But like take the fighting games community for instance. They've been thriving for 20 plus years purely off of grassroots support. Right. No matter what happens, esports doesn't need to be anything more than it already is, which is esports. So, if the viewership fades and everything returns everything goes back to just exclusively on Twitch or Mixer or Facebook or YouTube, it doesn't matter because esports doesn't need the general masses. You know, is there anything that you'd like to ask or add or or touch on right now? You know, five years, or not five years ago, um, 8-Bit is eight years old now. Yeah, five years old. So five years ago, or seven, one of those two, (laughs) really early, (laughs) um, I attended my first ever professional sponsor meeting with Red Uh Bull. They took us to the five-star Cosmopolitan Steakhouse, and... We it was my brother and I. We were supposed to discuss a meet and greet with a Dota player mm-hmm. for uh, the Team Liquid's Dota player. Okay, and they told us like everything or this this entire dinner is being paid for by Red Bull. Order whatever you want. And me being seventeen years old, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I don't know. Like everything here is like a hundred plus dollars. I I'll order the sliders. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so everyone everyone around me is eating like the greatest, thickest steak, and here I am eating freaking sliders. But um, I asked him, or like we we ran the the meet and greet, and it was. It was great, and people were asking him questions. And the biggest question that stood out was, where do you see esports in five years? Mm-hmm. And he said, remember, this is like 2012, 2013 era. He said, I will. I imagine in five years seeing esports on ESPN. And we got that. Right. And we're getting it still, whether we like it or not. <laughs> but um, looking forward... When people ask me where do you see esports now in five years, it, it it's just so weird because I was so hungry just to chase that vision. Like, yeah, let's get esports into mainstream. Now it's can we keep esports like to the people that know esports? A lot of people are jumping in and a lot of people are really ruining a lot of people's first impressions on it. Right. So so you know personally where from this point on 2020 to 2025 where do i see esports i see esports as fully embraced as next level entertainment or the next wave of entertainment and just in working um what's the word in tandem and working very well with traditional sports 
in terms of broadcasting publishers and viewership. So just general acceptance in the next five years. Well, if people are interested in finding out more about 8-Bit and, you know, if they're, if they're going to, if they're going to come back to UNLV, how can they find out more uh, about you guys? Uh, just follow us on Twitter at 8-Bit. So the number 8-B-I-T underscore esports. Uh, follow me at Milo. Join our Discord, which is on our socials. And yeah, just that's where we usually post all of our events and stuff. Well, Milo, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate the time and, and yeah, glad yeah, to have this conversation. Me. me too. I love talking about esports. And thanks again, Milo. That was a super entertaining interview. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, you know, it is really cool to see, obviously, the local communities embrace esports and to see them help kind of build an esports program at UNLV. I think I, that's awesome. I love it. Well, I mean, again, UNLV, too, they I love how open they are about this stuff and how they are seeing these technologies um, you know, they see the potential in them and they're kind of on the forefront, I feel, as far as, uh, building out a esports. uh, you know, they, they've got that, they've got the, uh, um, oh my goodness, there's that innovative, uh, uh, location, which I'm, we'll, we'll talk oh. about that another time. You know what I'm talking right. about? Yeah. yeah, is, yeah. It, is it Blackfire? Am Blackfire. I that up? Yes, 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 yes. So we need to talk, uh, we need to, uh, get an interview with them too. Uh, but I love the fact that, you know, again, because, you know, even with esports and and uh, video games, you know, you also have the casino, uh, casino industry, and this is very big in entertainment. So everything is kind of all intertwined, and I feel like they're kind of on the forefront of uh, uh, really um, – making this more of a norm than than something that uh you know is oh you know oh video games or this oh yeah no we've been doing this for a while now so uh you know that fantastic interview and i know too that they know uh uh that i believe milo knows hyro from <laughs> uh that <laughs> rhyme sorry i had to laugh at that <laughs> from uh vegas inferno i believe they're they've partnered up a little bit or have worked together at least uh, on doing some things with the esports league and and uh, uh, the uh, esports team uh, Inferno. Yeah. So. yeah, definitely. So you know, hopefully we'll have Milo back on, and uh, hopefully they continue to find the success that they've seen so far. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, kind of moving. I I I feel like I'd be remiss uh, <laughs> not to talk about uh, Final Fantasy VII. Um, my gosh, it is beautiful. <laughs> It is absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, again, this the, the remake, it came out this past Thursday night. Um, I have sunk majority of my time into that game. I basically, that's why I haven't been playing Overwatch or, or I, even Last Oasis. Like, I haven't picked it up since Final Fantasy uh, came out. I'm just trying to grind through it. Um, so much nostalgia. Uh, the graphics are are fantastic. The movement is uh, it, the movement's kind of a little clunky at times. I find, um, but it's not nothing. I mean, again, dude, like that is a minor blip on the amazingness uh, that I'm having. Just re re reimagining and and coming up with this game again. I have extra. I have an extra. I don't know. I guess it's extra in my feels. This is a game that I never got to finish 
when it originally came out because my brother deleted my save spot. Uh, again, this oh, song, no. yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I never actually finished the original Final Fantasy VII. That's another reason why I'm so excited to play this because I never, oh. I, I still to this day do not know how it ends. I don't know how the story <laughs> plays out, dude. So like, I mean, I, at this point, this is like 20 plus years ago. I think it came out in like what 97 or something like that. So yes, yeah, yeah, I was still like in middle school <laughs> at that point. So this is years ago. So like my my, my memory as far as with some things are like. Ah, this is basically all new to me, but there's some moments in there. It's just like, and, and especially the music too. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of moments in there. It's just like, oh yes, dude, I remember. How did I? How could I forget this? And just kind of <laughs> relearning that story. Um, if if you're a fan of the Final Fantasies, uh, I don't know how you haven't already picked this up and are not playing it, right? Yeah, you know, obviously, Final Fantasy VII is a lot of people's favorite Final Fantasy game. Uh, Probably a lot of people's one of their favorite games, just period, and mm-hmm. with good reason. So let, let me ask you this, because obviously it, it seems like Final Fantasy fans, especially those that have fond memories of Seven, are loving this game. There's now a, a, a generation of gamers that, that probably have not played Final Fantasy Seven in any fashion. So if they're coming in with no prior nostalgia, no prior experience with Final Fantasy VII, what do you think? Do you think they'll still find this game a blast? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you've played, even if you haven't played Seven before, the story is super engaging. Uh, the the cinematics, uh, the all that stuff is, is solid. It, it holds up on its own. The only thing that I'm like, eh, not the biggest fan of is the fact I believe they're going to drop it down in three different, uh, what would you call it? Chapters, I guess not chapters. Uh Chapters are actually in there. Um, I don't, I don't know what you call it, but it's basically going to come out in three installments. Whereas the original was four discs, right? So at first I had heard someone say something about it. They were talking about trying to do it in, in six, six different drops essentially you got to think though this is going to be so this game essentially is going to cost you about 180 dollars uh maybe more in totality uh to be able to finish it so all i have three parts or 60 bucks i'm guessing so either that or they're gonna drop i don't know see that's the thing i don't know if they're gonna drop it as dlcs within this game or if is it gonna be something separate that you have to get separately each time um i don't know yeah i uh, i i'd be pulling for the dlc route here hopefully because that means it'd be a little cheaper hopefully (laughs) i have some slight reservations if they would have dropped these three at 60 bucks each um and that's mainly because it's not that you're creating you know final fantasy 7 and then, like, a new sequel to Final Fantasy VII. It's, you're, you're splitting Final Fantasy VII up, and then you want to charge me a, a full-price game each time? I, I have a little reservation about that. Yeah, the, and again, that's the only... It, that's the only... And I don't think anything has been confirmed as far as with that. Um, it would make more sense... I don't know, though. Because if you're thinking... So they're saying that this is probably a 30 to 45 hour game. Uh, I'm like 15 hours in 
I think we're close to 15 hours in. Um, but it, go, I mean, again, it, it plays pretty quickly. Uh, uh, I'm able to go, you know, and, and that's with doing all the side quests, uh, within this as well. It's probably going to be about 30 to 45 hours. Um, so like that part, but like, again, can you really then say, cause then what would the second part be? I'd imagine it at least be equal in length. Can you just tack that on as a DLC? I don't know how that works. I guess that's true. I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, I know that they, they could probably justify it by saying, Hey, you know, you're getting another 40 hours of, of gameplay. And I guess that would be hard to argue against, but I mean, we've seen, I mean, my counter argument would be we've seen these massive games that have hundreds of hours of stuff for you to do. And, and then the, you know, the, the base game has like 80 to hundred hours of stuff. Right. And they just release it. So, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's arguments both ways, I guess. I just, my wallet would hurt a little bit if it, if it cost me 180 plus to finish the story, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny that you say that too, because, uh, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Persona 5 Royale. My buddy just uh, finished that, and he did a spoiler-free review. Um, but uh, that was, he said, what, 120 hours? Base game. Whew. Yeah, no, Whew. I'm like, that is a monster of a game. That is, right? I mean, and see, see, there's there's the, the argument I know some of my friends would make is, hey, so that 120 hours would equal roughly the three parts of Final Fantasy. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it costs you a third of the price. <laughs> so I don't know. There's there's obviously no easy answers. I don't pretend to know the, what these game developers have to go through to make this work. But it seems like some developers are able to do this. And because you're splitting up what was one game, um, it's probably a harder sell, I think, to some people. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. But regardless, it's a gorgeous, beautiful game. Square, thank you so much for for doing this fan service and and giving this to us because uh, it is it is fantastic so far. So, I think that's gonna do it for us today here at Land Parties. Uh, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Lamb Parties Pod. Um, you can hit us up on social uh, at Smitty2447 or Lucas, what is your uh, social? Uh, just hit me up at, at Lucas Agan, and that's Lucas with a K, not a C, just because I'm weird. Hey, sometimes you gotta do weird things. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's gonna do it for us. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening on this beautiful Wednesday or whatever day it is for you today. Uh, We appreciate your support. Uh, Don't forget to uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe if you have not already. Check out every episode that we've got. This is episode, what are we on, 13, 14? 13. 13. 13. Lucky number 13. Hey, we are just trucking along. We hope you guys are all being healthy, being safe. We'll see you guys next week. We love your face.